Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Radio Radar, episode 58. This week on the show, it's a whole lot of twos. We open with doing a deeper dive into Dishonored 2 now that we've actually finished the game. Little bit of a spoiler warning up here at the top because we do go into a lot of details about Dishonored 2's late game. Then we move on to talking about Watch Dogs 2, which, much to our surprise, we like quite a bit. And then finally, we close with an in-depth preview of Near 2, also known as Near Automata, uh, our own Lucas Sullivan got some hands-on time with the upcoming Square Enix action RPG, and it sounds delicious. Listen on. And I, I will always love you. Okay, so here's why, here's why I'm not helping you with this one. Oh, no, why? Because... It's not time for Whitney? That is not a Whitney song. That is a Dolly Parton song, son. <laughs> Oh, dunk. <laughs> All right, Susan, Here, here's my deal. It, when a song has been the soundtrack to Kevin Costner rescuing somebody... <laughs> so what, we're going Brian Adams that, next? That, that, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly. Like, you know... <laughs> like, like, the entire sentiment of I would do anything for love in a song is no longer meatloafs. No, 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 he no. has no rights to it. Yeah. Now it's just Brian Adams. That's true. It's nude Ke- Kevin Costner, but carrying... <laughs> oh, God, now, that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The Prince only... of Thieves, everybody listening gets to Jeez. have a mental image of a piping hot plate of... <laughs> why, does this, uh, why does this movie always keep coming up? I'm not sure. <laughs> because, it's the, because it's the best. It's the gift. It's just... I will just say that came out on my birthday... So, oh, nice. Yeah, like, and I was I was super into Robin Hood at the time, coincidentally. Weird. So I was like, yes, this is my birthday present to myself. And then it was what it was. What it was. So, so Susan, that summer, this true story, my, my step-grandparents were really, really tight with Morgan Freeman. That's weird. Like, <laughs> the, just, the, they were, like, they were, they were sailing buddies. I shit you not. And so... It was constantly, I was always being promised that I would get to hang out with Morgan Freeman. Oh my god. It was like, this is going to be awesome. We get to hang out with Morgan Freeman. And so the summer of Prince of Thieves, they were like, all right, well, he's going to be at this family reunion. Didn't show up. Mm -hmm. I got to hang out with his wife instead, which is not as cool. And then they're like, we're going to get you a signed poster. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to get a signed Azeem poster from robin hood prince of thieves and they're like here it is and it wasn't robin hood prince of thieves it was a signed poster from his summer stock performance in taming of the shrew wow bullshit is that yeah yeah come on you've led a weird life anthony (laughs) (laughs) we should probably introduce the show now oh yeah yeah it's radio radar everybody this is a show about video games this isn't about Whitney Houston slow jams or Kevin Costner butts, although those things are relevant. Uh, welcome to episode 58. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and I am joined by a cavalcade of superstars who, who love the Kevin Costner butt and, and video games. We have senior editor Lucas Sullivan. What's up, Lucas? Hello, hello. I prefer the term buttocks. Oh. <laughs> You like them Costner glutes, is what you're saying? You prefer glutes? Gluteus. 
we also, I always used to say that my favorite Transformer would be Gluteus Maximus. Mm. And anyway. And people would applaud when you said Right. <laughs> They'd be thrilled. Because the, I mean, who doesn't like the idea of a giant robot that turns into a giant butt to fight? You know, evil robots. I mean, uh, Susan Arndt is the uh, executive editor who you hear in the background questioning her hires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, the, the the correct term that you're going for for Mr. Costner there is pocket ham. That doesn't even make sense. Sure it does. Pockets sure. are on your sides. Pockets are on you your. You got pockets on, on your back. Butt. You got pockets. Pocket. Your back pockets pocket. Oh, you put your wallet, Whoa. dude. <laughs> Pocket no, that's if you want a... like muscle tendon pulling. Like, <laughs> you think that happened to my grandpa? I don't. Un- I have never understood how dudes can keep their wallets in their front pocket. That just strikes me as so ungodly uncomfortable. I mean, I know it's oh, it, it's safer it, because it's harder to pick your pocket that way. I, I see. I can't stand the back pocket. I can't like. Nah, and then I have to I sit on it. it. That's awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Who wants true, true, true. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you have a wallet like like George Costanza with all the receipts in it. That's a dad exactly. wallet right there. That's yeah. a yeah. dad wallet. Yeah. yeah. I've had I've had a dad wallet pretty much my entire life. Wait, like, don't you have something like ridiculous in your wallet? Of course you do because you're you. But we uh, we right, talked my, about this my, once. Yeah, I have my I have a Godzilla trading card in there. Okay. And my 1987 The Real Ghostbusters ID card that came with my Proton Pack. <laughs> uh you can still kind of see the pencil where I wrote out my address. It's pretty dope. Uh, I've got every driver's license I've ever taken. Yep, every driver's license uh, ever. Yeah, so you can go all the way from, like, you could basically, like, watch my hairline go from <laughs> hilarious to super hilarious. You can also watch the hope just fade from your eyes as time passes. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just literally, like, watching... Uh, Billy Corgan's biggest fan lose hope over the course of twenty years. That's that's what you got in there. Oh no, they t- they, they 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 took the wrestling away from him now. Oh, it's, it's miserable. Uh, that person who thinks that things range from fine to it's okay is Staff Roberts. Ah uh, yes, uh, the, the many opinions of David Roberts. I, uh, it's a game. I don't. <laughs> Don't get mad at me, Anthony. Uh, I ordered a PS4 Pro over the weekend. Oh my oh, God! Wow. You're an I idiot. I can't take it away from you, man. Jesus. I can't, like, well, no. It was on so sale. You, one. Yeah, I was, it was like forty dollars off. Yeah. I had Amazon store credit, <laughs> and I could sell my PS4 for at least two hundred dollars. Still. Okay, so, so how much did it ultimately cost you? A hundred dollars. You're an $100. idiot. Which would have been the price of a new hard drive anyway. So a, oh, okay. So are you do, oh, yeah. you're doing this for the hard drive upgrade? That TV. Mostly, yes. Oh, okay. That I can understand for sure. Okay. You're doing it for the hard drive, hard drive upgrade, and all the P's. Yes, all the, the future proofing, the 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 better. You're not, the you're not future proofing shit. We're gonna have this conversation <laughs> in a year, and you're gonna yep. like okay, a hundred bucks for the bigger hard drive. Absolutely, I'm totally on board with that. Yes, totally. Everything else, you're an idiot. <laughs> but the, 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 the textures are so smooth. Shut now. up. Stop it. Stop it. Did you have it? You can totally notice it. Do you have it? 
No, it's going to be here in a couple days. It hasn't arrived yet, but you can already see the difference. Yes, already. I'm already girding myself to lie to myself about how much better all my games look. there. Exactly. Again, if you do not have any kind of PS4 whatsoever, then absolutely, by all means, get, get the Pro, because that just makes sense, because it is the most advanced version of the thing. If you already have the thing... Uh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it'll. Uh, no. You know, do we know? Do we know anything more about how there are people saying that many PlayStation Four games don't even run particularly well on the PlayStation Four Pro? I have I have heard anecdotally that that yes. is true, but I I don't think this is the thing. We don't have enough of a sample size of anything. Yeah. yeah, to really say definitively one thing or another. Yeah, like, See, I know Digital Foundry ran an article where they were like, yeah, like, Skyrim doesn't run as well, which is weird uh, <laughs> for a six-year-old game <laughs> to run worse on a newer hardware. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. To n- Dave, you know you know what so, I almost bought over the weekend? What did you almost instead? buy? What? I, I saw somebody was selling a used version of the final model of the PS1 with the little LCD. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love that thing. Me too. Yeah. Right? Like 80 bucks, too. Oh, I would have bought thing. that because I'm an idiot. I would have bought that totally. <laughs> you, <laughs> could, sound, you could plug it into a, to a wall outlet and play Legend of Dragoon anywhere you go. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, yeah, man, for me and Anthony, because Anthony and I both, one of the things we really like about having a Vita is we can play games in bed. Right. So this, you could totally do that and play Yeah, I could play Tomba. Yeah, I was just going to say, you could play Tomba in bed. That's amazing. You could do that on the Vita, though. (laughs) Like, you could, yes. Yeah, but it ain't the same. But it's not the same, man. Come on, man. (laughs) Come on. No, I, I, you think I want that? You think I want that Parappa the Rapper latency? I'm gonna have delays on. on all my my rhymes, the man. R two and L two on the touchscreen. What are you a fool? No. Yeah, come on. I want that. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go back and load. Let's see if I have anything I can trade in towards it. Anyway, we're actually uh, we, we have been playing video games on consoles that we have access to. <laughs> Rather than inane old ones and inane brand new ones. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the one, we actually talked about this last week on the show. We had all started playing Dishonored 2, and Susan has finished yes. Dishonored 2. And not only did you finish the game, you kind of went from being like, oh, it's more Dishonored, this is really good, to this game is amazing. Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. First thing I want to clear up. The story is almost there. It kind of, it almost exists. This is not a game you are playing for the story. Uh, Emily Caldwin, the voice acting is still awful. What? It's, 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 dude, it's not (laughs) good. It was fine. It was fine. But here's what engendered me to the voice actress is that Mm -hmm. she does the rubies in Steven Universe, I believe. Uh, Sapphire. Um... I, bl- I believe she's Sapphire. Is she Sapphire? Okay, that makes yes. more sense. Because yes. I was like, that's wow, that's I quite the range. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But either way, if you're on Steven Universe, you're good in my book. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, but mechanically, it's, it's and we said this last time, it's quite an improvement over the first one, uh, especially if you're going for stealth 
in that you can actually do stealth now <laughs> and you can make mistakes and you don't have to start the, the whole level over again. It's, it's just much more forgiving of one person saw you. Oh shit. Now there's rats everywhere. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So that's great. But unless you are the one summoning them, unless you are the one summoning them, in which case go nuts. It's fine. What what pushed me from okay this is this is a certainly a fun time to oh my god everyone needs to play this. There are two levels. One is the Clockwork Mansion. They're, they're both mansions. The Clockwork Mansion and then the Stilton <laughs> Mansion. Hmm. And they are two of the most intelligently, creatively designed levels of any game I have ever played, ever. Like, like, okay, the, the, the story is, who cares, and it, whatever. You need to play this game so that you can play those two levels, because, oh my god, like, okay. So, I, like, let's, let's, I, let's throw up a little bit of a spoiler warning. Okay, yeah. Because I, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people, I, like, you know, you were just saying, like, the story, uh, the story is straight up Dave Roberts. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's straight Staff it's, Roberts, yeah. Yeah, it's straight Staff Roberts. I love that this but is I, my brand. I love it. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people play Dishonored at this point and get excited about Dishonored for the surprise of the levels mm. rather than the story. Yeah. So, like, let's throw that out there. Just, like, a little bit of a spoiler warning for this segment, everybody. But I want to hear, like, why are these levels so interesting? Okay. Because when we were talking about the original Dishonored, the mansion in the original Dishonored is the be best oh, level. Oh, that's true. It's the, where that, you, you're right. Yeah, when you when you get into that party. That's right. So Lady Boyle's Lady last Boyle's party. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. Lady Boyle's Wild Ride. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Wait. <laughs> That's a that's a different game, bro. That's right. a whole okay. different. Yeah. It's on Wonder Swan. Yeah, wait. Anyway, <laughs> when you have to break into Susan Boyle's mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Boyle doesn't have a mansion. Okay. She might. So what I don't know. Yeah. What makes these mansions like what what elevates? Okay. Them? So the first mansion is uh belongs to an inventor. And he has kidnapped someone that you want to rescue and also and more important to your interests he's the one who's making the clockwork soldiers which are those big bird looking motherfuckers who will the scissor birds the scissor birds who will just mess you up they sure. okay so uh his plan is to supply them to the duke and your aunt who have taken your throne. So if he cranks out a whole bunch of those, you got problems. So you want to neutralize him as a threat. So you need to go to his house. And because he's a wacky inventor, his house is a clockwork house. You pull a lever and the walls move around and the floor moves and suddenly you're in a new room and then things turn and it's like that. Because what you don't realize immediately, because you're used to going through levels relatively linearly. He's at the end of this hallway. I got to go from this end of the hallway to that end, right? But you can, as, the, as you pull the lever and as things are moving in the house, you can slip between them. Whoa. The very, <laughs> the very first lever. I didn't even think of this. I actually saw this on, uh, on Twitter. 
uh, over this weekend. The very first room that you go into, like you walk into the house, he knows you're there. He's like, hey, if you don't die, more power to you. But most folks do. Uh, Peace out. The very first room you walk into, there's a lever and it pulls and the stairway is open and blah, blah, blah. You can skip it. You don't have to pull the lever. If you look up, there are windows uh, at, on, on, at the very top of the room. Shoot one out. Blink up there. Boom. You're behind the scenes. You've skipped his entire intro. <laughs> and there's an achievement for that, too. There apparently. is an achievement for that. And th- oh, there's an achievement for that. The entire house is like that. So you can go the way you would expect to go. You can slip behind the workings. That's totally valid. There's so many different ways to use this house because it's it's constructed so brilliantly. If you think mechanically, like, wait a minute. How is this floor moving up and down? Hmm. You can use that part of the environment to your advantage because he's got clockwork soldiers all over the place. Susan, did you find the little dead body with the message of like, I snuck in here trying to steal stuff. And no! God help me. No, it I didn't. tucked in one of those little alcoves, basically. It's amazing. It's See, that's what I'm saying. Cool. Like, there's, it's so, it's so robustly designed and so well thought out that you, you may never even see all of it, but it's mm. there. So five people will go into it and five people will, will solve that level five different ways. And it all makes perfect sense. And it's all fun. The other super cool thing is that, uh, so the guy who you're there to eliminate, uh, is his name is Kieran Jindosh. Great Uh, name. It is. (laughs) And he'll do the Batman Arkham villain thing where he just talks to you the whole time you're walking through the house because he has uh, pressure plates in all the, the floors. So he'll know if you're within the confines of the house or exploring uh, outside of it. And then he'll also, if you um, blink or use far reach as Emily, he'll be like, well, according to my data on the pressure plates, like you just did something that's impossible. So huh. you must be like <laughs> super special uh which i i love touches like that where it's like you if you're not listening to that then you just miss out on cool uh character building mm-hmm. man so how does it how does it culminate like when you move through the house is there because i like i think about when you're when you're at the boil estate yeah the the moment when you dispatch of the lady of the house, whether it's through assassination, whether it's convincing her to leave, whether it's like one of the myriad ways, like that final end point makes everything that preceded it feel even cooler. Oh, like it's, it's not just like yeah. So okay, yeah. All right. So this, I don't know if you really want to know this. This is flat out spoilery. Are you cool with it? Is everybody here cool with I'm it? I'm totally, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I'm yeah, totally and cool I know Lucas that. has already That's... played it. Okay, so uh, the person that Jindosh has kidnapped is uh, Anton Sokolov, who you will remember oh, okay. from the first yeah. game. He, the thing is, he needs Sokolov's help to figure out how to make the Clockwork Soldiers faster. Mm. Like, the construction isn't the problem. The Duke's like, hey, I need these, like, pronto. And uh, Jendosh can't figure out how to do that. So he's trying to get Sokolov to help him. And he hates Sokolov. He hates him. He's like, well, you know what? 
I'm going to try, he has this method of electrocution. And he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm trying to erase his willfulness while retaining his memory. So he'll be, he'll do what I ask him to do and he doesn't lose any of his skill, right? And he ke- and you find notes and things along the way that he keeps trying this and keeps trying this. He's trying it on various subjects and he can't get it to work. He just keeps wiping people completely. So at the end of the level, when you finally get to Jindosh, you've got two options. You can kill him or you can stick him in the machine and do to him what he was going to do to Sokolov. <laughs> so neither is very nice. Uh, no. <laughs> no. And the, the, although Emily's voice work is not that great, that scene will make you, you're going to need a shower after it. You're going to need to go and hug a puppy. You're going to need some kind of reassurance that you are not a bad person because it is written and acted so perfectly. Yeah, you know, it's really funny. Last On the last episode, we talked a lot about the, the lore of Dishonored and how, you know, either, either you're all in with the world of Dunwall or you're just kind of like, I don't understand why any of this is this way right. together, which is where I am. Like, I, I, you know, when I hear all this, I'm like, why, okay, if there's scissor robots, why weren't there scissor robots before? I don't. But the one thing that all of Dishonored is so effective at is making you feel dirty. Yep. Like, like this is a, a filthy, filthy world, literal and metaphorical, and... That is that is a, a wonderful realization of that. What about the other mansion? Okay, so the other mansion, and this is uh, the mansion that they showed off in the E3 demo, where you are moving through time. Basically, this is another ally, Stilton, and he's in his mansion, but no one has seen him. He doesn't come out anymore. So you need to go in there and find out what's up. You enter his mansion, and it is trashed. Holes in the ceiling, plants growing everywhere. All the, I mean, it's just a wreck. He is insane. He is at his piano. His mind is gone. He kind of only barely even recognizes that you're there. So uh, the outsider gives you a timepiece that lets you travel in time. Either you can be in the present day or you can be on the night three years ago that whatever happened to Stilton happened to Stilton. Hmm. But what's... So, A, that's, that's incredible enough. That's super cool because you'll have to switch between times because maybe you know, the wall has fallen down in the present day because the house is disintegrating, so you have to go into the past to get through the hallway because otherwise it's blocked and you can't proceed. So that's cool. I mean, that's cool design by itself. But what's extra cool, the timepiece has a fan on it that you can raise and you will see whatever is happening in the other time period on the fan. Hmm. So you're looking, like if you're in the present, you look at the blades of the fan and you see what's happening at that place in the past and vice versa. So you might be sneaking down a hallway and, you, and there's a guard coming. Boop. Switch time periods. 
sneak past, walk past I the guard in the watching other. Watching the guard reactions in, yes. in the other time period of just like, what the? <laughs> and if you, and this is what's. So if you're doing, if you kill somebody in the past, blood flies infest corpses. So if you kill a bunch of people in the past, you're going to have to deal with a bunch of blood fly nests in the present. That's such a better approach Uh to, like, the chaos situation. That is so cool. Uh Uh-huh. And depending, (laughs) and there's a a few different ways to resolve the, the entire thing. And depending on what you do, because you're going back in the past and changing things, things in the present that have nothing to do with the mansion, I mean, in the outside, the rest of the game, change also. Like, for example, and this is, and again, spoilery. (laughs) So the character that is, that gets you on the boat, the dreadful whale, Megan, she has one eye and one arm, right? She was clearly been in some kind of major fight or accident or some kind of bad news. Oh, you mean, you mean the night nurse? Yes. Yes. Rosario Dawson. The night nurse. Yes. (laughs) After I resolved the Stilton thing, she was fine. Two arms, two eyes. Oh no, shit! Yep. And See, and no yeah. no big wow. explanation. Yeah. No, you know, no like, oh my gosh, look at this. This has changed. Look at her. She was just there, and she's taking me back to the dreadful whale. And I'm like, oh holy shit, girl, you got two arms now. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, <laughs> wow. So it like does the whole. It's just really interesting to hear that they they sort of tuck the criticisms of the first game where you know you you said it before like if you you feel like if you got spotted once yeah in one level like that's it high chaos rats everywhere <laughs> don't go in this alley you're going to get eaten yep uh it sounds like they've come up with a far more organic system for making your actions feel like they have results in the world yes are, are there any other examples that like really hit you in the face after you know going through the middle of the game and and seeing the results like you know suddenly rosario dawson has two arms (laughs) (laughs) it's rosario dawson with two arms now much better for captaining a boat there are other there's other stuff like uh it in the in the second level if you happen to be in the right place at the right time you can save a journalist He's, he's being confronted by the city guard, and if you get there fast enough, you can save his life. If you do, the newspapers that you find throughout the game have a very different tone than if you don't. Whoa, I did not know that. Yeah, That's and there's awesome. tons of stuff like that, like little <laughs> flavor stuff that you uh, might not immediately pick up on. Uh, the, the Dust District, which is where Stilton's mansion is part of the reason why it's gone to shit is because Stilton disappeared three years ago and the Duke came in and just ran the crap out of the mines. And that's why this district is now in such bad shape. Well, if you rescue Stilton, then that never happened. And the district comes out looking quite different. Man. Uh, Susan, you, this took you about 25 hours. Uh, yeah, about that. 20, 25 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, everything, you know, hearing you and Lucas talk about it after finishing it makes this sound, you guys sort of sound like 
the way people did after Uncharted 2 came out. Mm. It's like, yes, yes, Uncharted 1 was fine, but this thing <laughs> is awesome. Yep. It, like, is it is it that level? Are we talking about that level of upgrade over the original Dishonor? It's, although this is not an a, a fair comparison, it's Assassin's Creed 1 to 2. Oh. Like, for okay. me, for me, like, I, and I loved Dishonored. I adored yeah. that game. But it feels like a tech demo compared to this. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. I will yeah. say two two things that I maybe uh, was wistful about for the first one. Um, there, uh, at the risk of being spoilery, there isn't really a mission like Lady Boyle's Last Party where you mm. get to just talk to people. That's true. I feel I feel like you get to talk, you chat with some citizens, but they don't have that much to say. Uh, and you never get a chance to, like, not have to be constantly checking for, for guards around. True. Um, and I didn't love, uh, well, like Susan was saying, the voice acting could be better. Uh, and I miss having a silent protagonist just because it made everything seem that much more mysterious. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you did uh, the high chaos or low chaos choice, you just had to sit with it. But here they have your character kind of, like, rationalize what you just did. That's true. Um, yeah. To you. Yeah. Which is, like, I didn't mind it, but I just kind of miss the uh, open-endedness of the first game. In the one regard. thing I, I really do like about it, though, and, and you're you're totally right. You're completely right. Is that... So when you start the game, like, Emily is like, eh, I'm Empress, <laughs> whatever, I gotta go do my stupid Empress job. And you, f- as she goes through, uh, you know, Karnaka and, and all the places she has to hit before coming back home, she's really shitty at her job, and people do not mind telling her that. Like, oh yeah, we're starving, you know why? Because of you. Oh yeah, these people, they have no place to live, you know why? Because of you. <laughs> and it's her being a, a crappy empress is part of the story. So you start off all self-righteous like, yeah, man, I'm going to stop this coup. And then, my aunt, and then it's like you find out your aunt kind of has a point And you've been really crappy to your subjects. Hmm. It, it, That's a really cool way, like, way for that to go. Yes. Because I, I'm, still, I'm still early. I, I haven't been able to play uh, since last week when I was sort of at chapter uh chapter three mm-hmm. and i was like oh so it's just revenge again and this time it's personal again <laughs> <laughs> okay and that's true uh, i mean it is it is still that but it's yeah but it sounds a lot more nuanced it, is. it sounds like yeah. it sounds like there's a lot more complexity to it i wonder if that stuff would hit even harder if Emily was also a silent protagonist. Mm. You know, if you just sort of got to inv- in, in, inhabit her in the same way that Corvo was and you weren't getting her commentary mm. as you were seeing her reign as Empress, just you just got to see the results rather than hearing her voice. I, I'm just I'm going to say no because of a, one exchange of dialogue, which I think mm. makes it worth it. So the minds that the uh, Duke just totally destroyed, mines silver. That's that's what Karnaka does, is it mines silver. 
So Emily is on the boat, uh, like on, on the skiff, getting ready to go do one of her missions, and Sokolov is taking her. And she's all like, oh, well, if he hadn't, if he hadn't run the mines and, and gotten all the silver, then everybody would be fine. And Sokolov says, yeah, I'm sorry. What are the cups like where you live? <laughs> it's like, that's oh, awesome. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a sick. Oh, yeah. Like that moment wouldn't work with a silent protagonist. And it's mm. such a key moment. Like the people around you are helping you because you're better than the alternative, but they don't love you. Hmm. <laughs> How do you guys feel about silent protagonists in general? Like, do you, do you, I know a lot of people, I, I've talked to a lot of people who just hate them, like across hmm. the board still to this day. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I've always sort of liked the silent protagonist. I like what that does for a game, especially if people react to you as though they are speaking and you're just sort of filling in the blanks, you know, uh, you see that more often in RPGs than you do something like Half-Life or uh, the original Dishonored. You know, it wasn't like Corvo was saying something and uh, Fancy Pants, you know, uh, the outsider. I was about to say say the insider, and I was like, no, he's not Russell Crowe blowing whistle on the cigarette industry. (laughs) Exactly. That would be awesome. it's just paunchy Russell Crowe. Smoking. Being like, yeah, you gotta save the Denver whatever. Then he takes a slug of whiskey. Uh, yeah, like, you know, I like Dragon Quest, where they, you know, address the lead character and then respond as though the lead character had just said something in response about themselves or what they're doing. Are Dark you guys... Souls does that too, I like it. Yeah, Dark Souls, yeah, yeah. Do you like, do you like a silent protagonist? I don't mind it. I... Like it, it has to fit, but yeah, like like something like Half Life Two. I, I I don't know. It feels like looking back on it now. It just seems like you know the main character is this void of personality, <laughs> and everyone's just talking around you like you're this important person. Who but, would you know, follow someone who never ever says right? anything or reacts? To he just anything. goes around and blows shit up and like does nothing. <laughs> Um, yeah, and like everybody is just like Gordon Freeman, you're the best. I love you. You're so wonderful. And then you just shoot a guy in the face. But like <laughs> something like Earthbound, where the like like it's like Dragon Quest, where the 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 characters are speaking around and sort of filling in the gaps that that the protagonist leaves. And like even the the choosing yes or no. Um, options sort of fits into the dialogue. Like, there, there's one particular NPC who's like, this is a famous song from the Beatles, and it's like, XXX today, and you could choose yes or no. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, like they have fun with it. So, like, I, I, you know, if, if it fits for the situation, then, then I don't mind it. But if it's just like, well, this guy's just not talking... <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Susan, does say. Corvo does Corvo come back after? Like, do you save Corvo in Emily's storyline? Uh, I figure we've gone possibly we've gone into full spoiler. Possibly, possibly. Yes, it depends. It depends on how you finish off, uh, or how you deal with. I guess I should say, uh, your aunt is impact whether or not you can save your dad. 
does does anybody explain why Corvo went from being a mute to being a Marcus Phoenix cosplay? Nobody mentions that. <laughs> and also, like, Emily never, ever, ever seems to give a shit about her dad. And it's like, okay, so I'm going to uh, resubscribe to Netflix. I'm going to pick up some bread and save my dad. Right. Okay. Like, she's just... If there's time. It, it, if you there's know, time. we'll see. I don't know. It's just... She she actually seems more up to... Because the, the final act, you return to uh, the palace. You know, the first act, you have to flee the palace. And the final act is you return to it to take care of, of uh, what's-her-face. And... She genuinely seems more upset that they've trashed the place than that her dad is a statue in the middle of the throne room. She's like, motherfucker, look what you did to my digs, man. God it's so posterous. It's vintage. You can't replace them. God. I can't just go kill more magic whales to get all this magic whale oil like, so, all over my house. Meanwhile, corpses hanging from the ceiling like Gross. just bodies everywhere and and what she gets visibly pissed about is they've trashed her dad's office so lady with weird priorities yeah, it's, well i mean in fairness he's got some nice shit in there but True. you know yeah so uh i ha- i have i have one word of advice for anybody who's trying to do non-lethal in the final fight. You can choke out statues. That's all I'm saying. That, that's the weird thing. I know, right? <laughs> like, like, without context, heard. that is the strangest advice I think yes! I've heard. Yes! I think, I think you can also just, well, now I don't want to get into the mechanics, but you can even kill those statues, and I think you're not penalized for it oh really oh interesting i believe so because i was just fed up with oh god it's (laughs) trying to knock him out it's such the thing is it's such a sharp escalation of difficulty yeah i mean like dramatically sharp is it like the like the last level in mirror's edge when suddenly it's just non-stop guns everywhere yeah like it goes from wow this is tricky i need to think about it to oh my god this is impossible and i can't possibly uh, so I don't mind giving out a little guidance for that because it's it's and it's not fun, honestly. That yeah, that yeah. the final actual showdown is not fun. Oh, that's a shame because the last the last scene we talked about that in the last episode, but the last the last level and the last scene of the original Dishonor is so mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that's just such a great level scaling that tower and and taking out taking out the the military leaders super awesome everything that leads up to it like everything else in the palace is great like it's really good it's just literally the fight with delilah is a drag uh the the old frank fontaine kind of yeah it's not as bad as that but it's very like ooh, this is not playing to the skills i've been developing all this time susan are you are you gonna replay it when you do new game plus can you be corvo in the new game plus or no i have no idea i don't know the specifics but i'm not sure i'm interested in being corvo to be honest 
Like if, if, you don't want to wear a sweet mask I, that apparently isn't really necessary in this universe. I, I feel like Corvo would be high chaos. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm interested in doing a high chaos run. I mean, I'm curious because I'd like to see what's different. But I also just really like the idea, now that I know, like normally when you say there's, there's more than one way to achieve a goal, there's like three. Mm. One of them is kill everybody. One is sneak past everybody. And then there's the third one. <laughs> but like, there's so much flexibility in how to achieve your goal in each level of the game that I really just want to go back and try to do things differently with the skills I already know and understand. Yeah. And it just sounds like there's a lot of opportunity to just explore. Yes. You know, like that, that discovery of that body that you were talking about, Lucas, of like a thief that had tried to break into the clockwork mansion. That is so cool. Yeah. There's tons of that. There's tons of that. Uh, I take it that you've now you finished the whole thing. There's like, like there, you don't even find like an old diary from Sewer Sarandon, do you? You, you don't. No, no. no. There's no Sewer Sarandon in Dishonored too. No, no Sewer Sarandon. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe there's some Sewer Sarandon is... fanfic in some of the witches stuff. Yes, yes. that's possible. Awesome. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're listening to this uh, on Monday evening, everybody, we are actually going to have. Arcane Studios' is Harvey Smith on our stream tomorrow uh, talking about this game and you better believe like we're, we have him for an hour I'm half an hour of that is going to be Sewer Sarandon questions just like what was it like working with Sewer Sarandon how did you come up with Sewer Sarandon how many times can I possibly drive this joke into the ground Sewer Sarandon Susan, you just don't like saying Susan Sarandon as much as I like saying Susan no, I, I, I understand that. I just know your penchant for... I, this amuses me, so I am going to drive it into the ground. That's classic yeah, exactly. That's dad right. humor. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how you do it. That's true. That's true. That's yeah. how you know he's dead. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we should probably continue our tour of twos. Uh, as we as we go through this podcast, yeah, I want to hear about this because this this one shocks me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, wait, which one do you guys want to do first? Do you want to do the two that is already out or the two that is coming out in February? Ooh. Dealer's Either choice. Because I'm into both of them. Yeah, dealer's choice. Let's. All right. Well, um, Dave Roberts. Yes. How do you feel about Watch Doug's 2. Watch Doug's 2. It's the weird alternate reality sequel to the ABC version of Doug, not the Nickelodeon version of Doug. So it's already starting on sort of this like lower level. It's coming from a bad place. Like they named the kid Dirt Bike. What was that? Wait, what? What? Oh. Yeah, apparently uh, there was a there was a poll in this old like Disney magazine for kids because I, I remember growing up like getting this and reading. Hold it. on, hold on. Are you talking about Disney Adventures right now? Yes. Is, oh Disney Adventures. Yeah, that's a deep cut for you. That's oh, that's a trip the memories back to memory are lane. rushing back. Um, but yeah, there was there was a poll in there like name name the kid. Uh, in the new Doug show, like, cause Doug's getting a little, little, was it brother or sister? I don't remember. But yeah, apparently the winner was Dirt Bike. Uh, so the kid's <laughs> name is 
dirt I'm bikes. Anyway, we're talking about dogs. We're not we're supposed to be talking about watch pole. dogs. Watch dogs too. God damn it, what? Anthony. Damn yeah. it. See, the goal is to beat the joke into the ground so much that it's not even a joke anymore. It's just what you think it's is the just... name for the thing. Classic dad humor. So, watch dogs too. I'm only a few hours into it, but I don't hate it. And I kind of like it. Yeah. I don't know Question how I mark? feel about this. Well, I it, it does it does some things. So we we've made fun of Watch Dogs 1 pretty severely. It deserves it. It deserves it every it deserves it. single criticism and joke you can muster. And and we were dreading Watch Dogs 2 because it it literally looked like a Pacific Sun like pack sun advertisement telling you to hack the planet and yeah. get all your sweet how many mi- fashions how many middle fingers did you count during our brief little playthrough 14 at in least just the home base at <laughs> least just the hackers home base yeah they don't they don't like authority that's counterculture nope. right there <laughs> we we talked about this while we were playing it like like I, I don't understand why their home base has to be so dirty like you guys have really expensive high-tech equipment like you wouldn't they have just a, allow it to like get filthy they and have gross. a three, like, 3d printer that just prints like murder weapons like it's just right. you can pick your gun and they all have d- dumb names like like delete underscore gun or whatever. Stop it! No. Yep. Stop sure it. do. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh my god. But um, like, it's actually it's like as we say these things, Susan. Like this, it still sounds awful. Yeah, it really does. And yet, and yet, you're telling me. So, so the first game was like it. It's really stupid, but it <laughs> thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. It's the dude that just like bought all the shit from LL Bean and walks into a place. <laughs> Where everyone's like, dude, what are you wearing? Why, why, dude, dude, stop it! It's summer. Uh, wait, wait, dude. LL Bean is is rich white people. I mean, yeah. yeah. He that's that's the main character in Watch Dogs One. He's wearing Watch this like, trench coat and his a, iconic yeah. hat, and yeah. he runs around and hacks people. And everyone's just like, why do you, why why it's it's June? Why are you wearing a trench coat? Yeah, and a scarf. Um, he came okay. out of a Lands End catalog, wanting vengeance for his daughter. That's and then he no, hates, was it his daughter or was it his? Niece? I think it was his niece, which yeah. is his even niece. more of like a. I mean, <laughs> it's sad, but really, yeah, <laughs> not murder an entire city, sad, right? Like he's just like the shittiest Batman in the first game, just <laughs> the worst. And the second game, like it's still dumb. But it knows it's dumb. It knows the whole concept is dumb. It know like the ha- like hacking the planet, you know, like messing with silicon. It's all it's all stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> but it knows it. It's like it's like the difference between something that's so self serious is like the Matrix. Like even though the Matrix like is it's a good movie, it's very serious. And something sure. like Hackers, which is like like it's serious, but it also it it's goofy and it wears that sort of goofiness on its sleeve and like that's the tone that Watch Dogs 2 takes and it works like if you just look at it in in bite-sized chunks in a trailer of some dude some dude in an off-brand anonymous outfit talking about hacking the planet and posting hot memes everywhere (laughs) 
like you just want to kind of throw up in your mouth. But but when you're playing it and you're sort of taking it all in, the like the character of Marcus is really nice. Like he he's fun. He's a dork. He's like he's this really funny guy with swagger, but he's also a huge nerd. Like you, their their home base is the basement of uh, a board game store. And you can go in and talk to people, and somebody's like, "Hey, did you play that new that new board game?" It's like, "Oh shit, that that game won the with the golden chess piece in Germany last year. I have to check that out. I don't have time right now though." And like, <laughs> it really leans into that, and it makes the characters likable, which is important when you spend a lot of time with them. <laughs> um, uh, but, but like, yeah. it's it's also like so this tonal stuff. Like, the fact that, like, all right, yeah, all of this sounds aesthetically terrible, but it's actually okay in practice. At a fundamental game level, playing Watch Dogs 2 is more pleasurable than playing almost every other open-world game Ubisoft has made in the past five years. Because, like, there's just, there's clarity to <laughs> what is happening. Like, Susan, the most relieving thing when you turn on Watch Dogs 2 is you... It's like, check your map on your phone. You have to download apps onto your in-game phone. Stop it. It's I awesome. swear. It's so, it, like, the some thing. of them cost $3, and you have, like, $5,000, so it's like, this is nothing. I'll just buy all the apps. Uh, so, but when you open the map for the first time, there are a comprehensible number of icons for things to do. <laughs> it's not just like, here's 50,000 treasure chests, and here's 50,000 issues of Teen Beat magazine, and 40,000 <laughs> cups of, you know, soda that you need to collect to unlock 50, the 50,000 kombucha hat. bottles strewn right. around San Francisco. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, yeah, ra and rather like, than open world bullshit, they've created a, a space that simultaneously feels like, yes, like this is a, a, a very convincingly wrought city. Uh, much much as you've noted before, Lucas, you know, like you're a resident of San Francisco, you wrote mm -hmm. about how interesting it was to see Watch Dogs 2's virtual San Francisco, but it doesn't feel glutted with nonsense busy work. And just like, for yeah. the sake of having busy That work. stuff is there, but it's like, it's hidden well. So you have these different apps, and the different apps will point you to, toward different side quests that you can complete, and your your phone will also pop up with mes messages if you're nearby um, one of them. Like if there's a, a plate, like a like a place you could take a picture, you take a picture, you upload it, and that gets you more fans, which you can use to uh, get more upgrades and stuff. And it's like that stuff is there if you want to engage with it, but it's not on the map. It's hidden in a different app. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. So all all the all the folderall is there, but it's much easier to ignore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's, it's hidden idea. well, and and the map doesn't just look like a like a giant like vo like someone vomited icons <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, have like, we done any of the driver side missions? I really liked. Like really the like the Uber those. missions? No, I yeah. haven't done any of those yet. Um, it's it's so it's such a stark difference to like so in Grand Theft Auto you can drive a taxi, but it's like the most boring thing in the universe if I recall correctly. Here, they make it seem like it'll be boring, but I think each passenger you take has their own little quirk, uh, and that just makes it so much more enjoyable as a side activity. Interesting. But yeah, like, it, it, and it's it's little touches like that that really sort of fill out the world. And it's just like, 
it's it's dumb. One of the missions that that I did was you, there's a side quest where you watch a, a movie trailer for a crappy action movie. I forget what it's called. Cyber. It's cyber something. Um, of course it is. Right. And and you're like, well, how do we how do we how do we get more fans to our cause? Well, I know. Let's reenact the trailer and upload it on YouTube. And so you sneak into the movie studio to steal the script, and then you're going to go steal the car, and then you go pull off the stunt, and you upload it. Um, but this is where sort of the tonal problems come in, because you're a bunch of plucky kids trying to, to get fans and take over the world with your hacks. Um, with your hacksaws! But you can just murder everyone. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's so weird because like like Wait, this all is, okay hold on yeah. I don't get it you're you're hacking the planet and then also killing people yeah for no like Susan the first so like the very first story mission once you get past the prologue that you have to go on is going to a movie studio to steal a script yeah and you walk in and it's it's it shifts from like these jokey fun hacker uh hacker teens who actually like they look cool like the character designs like they don't all look like models it's not it doesn't have deus ex syndrome where everybody is like too sexy they're they just sort of look like real people even though their names are like wrench and shit uh <laughs> they're hackers yeah, they're hack. Did you know they're hackers? They're, they're, they they hack. One of the guy looks like <laughs> if he made a, a Daft Punk costume for Burning Man. Yes. Like. Yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a cross between one of like, you know, the 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 shitty bad guys from the old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Running Man, but <laughs> Daft Punk. Except, wait, 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 but t -t 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 -t. there are no shitty bad guys in Running Man. What yeah, are you but, talking yeah, about? No. Okay. So you remember Dynamo? Dynamo. Yes, I do. Take yes. Dynamo's <laughs> costume and make it suck, and then make it a Daft Punk costume as well. And that's that's your that's the the one guy. What is his actual name? Dude, there? I don't is know. Wrench. I thought it was Wrench. I, yeah, I think it's, that sounds right. Like I believe that. you're correct. So uh, you have to break into a studio to steal a movie script, and all of this jives. Like I like all of this makes sense. They. Like, sure, I don't know why these hackers would break physically into the place, since their whole yeah. thing would just be like, well, let's hack into their email account and I know. steal Hi, the Sony. script. Hello. But, yeah, like, it, right. We have real-life uh, precedent for this. Yeah. But not only do they go physically to the place, like, that's a fine game setup. Get in there, get onto the private protected server at the studio, steal this data and broadcast it. Perfect. That's a great premise, Watchdogs. But then you walk in there and you need to stealthily avoid security guards and one of the solutions is just like, let's shoot them. Let's just pull out a gun and what? shoot these yeah, guards like you have, with bullets. You have, <laughs> you have loads of stealth options. Like you have, um, it looks like a yo-yo or something, but you can knock people out with it. Um, and well, the yo-yo yo -yo is originally a weapon. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is a—it's yeah. a billiard ball attached okay. to a bungee cord. Which yeah, I that's yeah, cool. that's what it looks like. But uh, you you, okay. you knock them out. That non-lethal takedowns. You have a stun gun. Bonk. So you have, and you can use your hacks to uh, distract guards. To lead hacksaws. Yeah. To uh, to 
blow up junction boxes because apparently junction boxes are hooked up to Wi-Fi, uh, just like the grenades in the just like the grenades in the first game. The grenades in the first game were hooked up to Wi-Fi and you can make them blow up on enemy guards. Stop it. Yeah, you have Stop to enter the password on each grenade individually. It's, it's dumb. It but but then you know, like I said, there's a 3D printer at your home base and you can just print guns. <laughs> and use them to kill people and, and, co and customize them so they look totally death, sweet deathgun.exe yes <laughs> and the game doesn't really like i mean you know there you have a wanted level and if if you cause too much damage the cops will come and stop like people will report your crimes but there's no like no one recognizes that you are just murdering people <laughs> It's like, okay, it has so that problem it's... that GTA 4 had, where it was like, oh, I'm my cousin, I'm so, I come from <laughs> this land, and I'm so tired of killing, and you run over, like, a sidewalk full of people. The, the more we describe this out loud, the worse it sounds. It, but, I like, know, yeah, so I, it, it's I, still fun. This is what, am I, is the, is, does the enjoyment come from the fact that it's like, look, we gotta talk. The entire premise here stupid we just want you to go with it okay i know it's stupid you know it's stupid don't worry about it it's fine just go have fun is that is it is it that because everything you're telling me just makes it sound yeah really sufferable it, like, yeah. It, it's more it's more that it just that when you're actually playing it all of this stuff congeals in a way where it just sort of feels right. So, like, you know? yeah, there's an app that you can get called Song Sneak. It's basically Shazam. And as you're running around, it'll pop up on your phone, and you hit the button, and you add new songs to your soundtrack list on your MP3 player. Like, that's the kind of game it is. Okay, and it, I'm into it. Yeah, it leans into that stuff a lot, and it's it has a bunch of interesting things. I've still, like, I'm still working through it, so I don't know how it ends up landing if it goes like full Watch Dogs 1 and just becomes like super serious about halfway through and um, totally fails to stick the landing but the, I don't know like it's it it makes me hopeful in a way for sort of the future of Ubisoft open world games because we were talking about yeah. Assassin's yeah. Creed and you know they're taking a year off to, to work work on that game and um sort of reintroduce the series and I wonder if they're going to take the lessons that they learned from this one and, and put them in the new one. I don't know. We'll see. There are no yeah. towers to climb. Are so. you going to, are you going to, are you going to keep playing it, Dave? Or are you going to go the distance with this one? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll keep trying. If, yeah. you know, if, if it doesn't work out, I'll send it back to Gamefly and get the next one. But like, <laughs> you know, there you go. Uh, but yeah, it's, I am the, f it has grabbed me more than I thought that it would, mm. which is, you know what? Like that's, that's good. I was not expecting to enjoy it at all. And the fact that I want to keep playing it is, is good. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really don't like open world games in general. And I was surprised by how much fun I was having playing uh, Watch Dogs 2. And I, 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 I don't know if I'm going to, like, you know, end up putting the 20 or so hours it takes to actually finish the story, but I'm definitely going to keep doing it just because it, it, it is an interesting, interesting world that is, despite its absolutely obnoxious 
you know, obnoxious elements that are totally obnoxious on their own, it feels kind of right in concert. I think that, like, the fact that it's set in San Francisco, too, sort of helps that, because it's like, oh, of course it's obnoxious. Like, you're in San Francisco. (laughs) I was gonna say... No, like, it's very this is true. Not obnoxious. The uh, the conversation, the little tidbits you can hear from NPCs are pretty on point in terms of like <laughs> shut San the Francisco-ness. F up. <laughs> I gotta hope that my tech startup divests and yeah. programming and something. I, need some I don't know capital. what people, what programmers talk about. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested to keep playing. I still have not seen any genitals in Watch. I think they patched them out. All of them? All I, of the genitals I believe are gone? so, yeah. Man, yeah. that is some bullshit. Like, who cares? <laughs> Guys, it's just nudity. Like I, I was so proud. Killing people. Killing fine. people's fine. Fine. A plus, number one. Heaven forfend there's dong. But just shoot people in the face. So how common is someone hanging dong in san francisco <laughs> lucas because like i've heard stories so, of people just like i've never seen a nude man or woman uh oh, in really? san francisco but apparently just wandering the during, streets he means yeah, yeah during the Folsom street fair i think that's when it oh! all comes out <laughs> i oh my god yeah i was there and they were bicycling yeah there you go nude yeah that sounds so painful. Like, yes, it does. What, yeah. what is going on? But yeah. I think it's like very, yeah, it's it's contained. It's not yeah. something you just, you're walking down the street and there's a person in a Speedo or something. Yeah, I've witnessed, I've, wi- I've witnessed a full array of body parts in, uh, in Golden Gate Park. I've, 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 <laughs> I've gotten a, I've gotten an eyeful of, uh, of private. It's not I... a big deal. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's fine. Private singular. The human body is a is a lovely. Yeah, I like that was. I I'm not kidding around. When I heard that all of the NPCs were anatomically correct in Watch Dogs Two, and I was like, holy shit, they shipped this game. Uh, there are anatomically correct human characters. This is awesome. This is a progressive moment for video games. And then one person was like, oh, wait, genitals in a video game. Took a picture, gets banned for let, yeah, let me use the, sa- the share function that is built into my PlayStation to share this photo from a game that Sony and e- the ESRB has rated and sanctioned. And like, yeah. Just cu- like, calm down, everybody. Sony, Ubisoft, calm down. But like, he, he got banned? And then he complained about it online, and then he got, got banned, banned for a harder. Month. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that far. Yeah. Yep. Banned with a vengeance. Yeah. Bunch that's of, uh, that's great. That's just a great. bunch of bullshit. Come on. <laughs> Grow up. Like, honestly, like, can we please not let David Cage be the only one making games with nudity? It's not a big deal. Please. That's embarrassing please, we for beg all of you. us. <laughs> Don't let him lead. Uh, uh, So discussion of video game genitals is actually uh, relevant to our third game today. It's Uh, true. Oh, God. Right? Right? Yep. (laughs) There you go. And we're we're 
So Lucas has gotten to play uh, Near Two, and if you have never heard of the name Near, Near was an action RPG d- directed by a, a man named Taro Yoko, who before that was only known for a, a game that is a pseudo uh, pseudo connected to Near. It's sort of a prequel to Nier called Dragon Dragon Dragoon uh, that was released in the West as Drankegard in the on the PS2. And he made this game Nier for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, uh, and it has gone on to sort of have a, a cult following. It is beloved by people. I happen to be one of those people. Uh, <laughs> I want to be among your ranks, Anthony. Oh, man. Come in here, man. The water is not warm, but it is awesome. It's, it's tepid. I just... The sum total of my knowledge here is Anthony and I did a stream of Drakengard 3. <laughs> during which... Yeah. A dragon... Yeah, a, 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 a dra- lot. A dragon, a full-sized dragon. Full-sized dragon. With the voice of a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> evacuated its bladder mm-hmm. on screen. And that, yep. that, that is where, that is like, so the main characters in the original Nier, the four main characters were a, a sort of like token warrior type. But then his best friend and nemesis was a hermaphrodite warrior named Kaine, who self-identifies like, as a woman, but not only has both sets of genitals, but is possessed by the soul of a male criminal. A small boy who inhabits the body of a floating puppet with a leering globe for a head... And a talking book named the Grimoire Vice, who sounds like like a C-3PO if you took all of the fear out and replaced it with arrogance. It is, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just going to interject one thing. Uh, I believe, and if listeners can correct me if I'm wrong on this, it's not hermaphrodite. It's intersex. Oh, it's intersex. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I believe I, that is that is not considered a an appropriate term anymore. Oh, I I wasn't aware. Well, I apologize, everybody, for for using a, an outmoded term. I've never heard that before. Yes, Kaine is intersex who identifies as female. And the, voiced by game. Laura Bailey, who is an awesome, awesome. Yes, that's true. And it's an unbelievable performance in that game. All of the voice performances in that game are amazing. The game. Like, the original game, like, you play it, and it it looks like a budget PS2 game. Like, really not the best presentation. (laughs) Pretty, pretty lame, uh, like, beat-em-up action. But then, as you get further into the game, it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. There's a text adventure portion. Boss fights have a sort of shmup element. Uh, The story gets amazing. It's incredible. It's an incredible, incredible game. Some of the most beautiful music ever put in a video game. And now there is a sequel, uh, as unlikely as that might sound, uh, again directed by Taro Yoko, uh, Yoko, and developed this time, though, by Platinum Games. Yes. Uh, And by golly, you can feel the Platinum Games uh, (laughs) juice in there. It's very good. Uh, so this one is called Near Automata or Automata. <laughs> I don't actually know which one they want to <laughs> people saying. Um, but 
so they didn't give me an exact number, but this takes place thousands of years after Nier, which itself took place thousands of years after Drakengard. So they're all very spaced out. Um, and I think Nier has a time skip of like a thousand years also, right? Yeah, at the very beginning it opens and it's it's like 22nd century and then it skips forward like a couple of thousand years. It to, yeah, to <laughs> a point. Which is so wild. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like past the apocalypse so far that a sort of weird Tolkien-esque, uh, you know, agrarian society has risen up. Susan, did you ever read the Sword of Shannara back in the day? I did not. But you're familiar with it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, of course, absolutely. Near is very, very sort of Shannara-y, where it's like a sort of... Uh, Tolkien, Ursula Le Guin milieu, but it's like post-actual <laughs> urban society, and you know, it deals with like nuclear fallout and it's weird. It's very strange. So the good thing is you don't need to have played the first Nier to follow Nier Automata because it's so far far off from that. Uh, but these... I guess they haven't shown them or talked much about them, but invaders sent these machine life forms to Earth hmm. and basically drove humans out to relocate to the moon. And the only way they th think to retake the Earth is to send down these androids. Uh, and you play as one of those androids named 2B. Uh, and I really wonder if there's going to be a 2B or not 2B scenario yes. in there. I mean, how can there not, right? I, I've... It makes me wonder. Uh, and you have an, a companion who resembles a young boy named 9S. And then I believe you're watched over by a third android who's your same build, but a more outdated version. Uh, <laughs> and I think she's 2A, which would make sense. Um, but it's a very out there story. Uh, so you, you go to you go to Earth. Um, and I didn't get to talk... Uh, as much about this in my preview, which you can read on, on the website if you like. Uh, but there's the question of like, so you're an android fighting a bunch of robots. If you have motivations and a personality programmed into you, what does that say about all the enemies that you're just constantly slicing through? Mm. And the way I did my demo was I was doing the interview while playing, so I didn't get to hear the dialogue as much. Uh, but there was a part where 9S says, like, I know these machine life forms sound like they're talking, but these are just, like, they're just mimicking what humans have done. So it's not like it means anything to them. So just ignore the fact that they're, like, having conversations, <laughs> which is kind of kind of cool because, you know, in a Platinum Games game you're not really thinking about the personalities or motivations of the enemies you're killing you're just killing everything in sight um and i don't know how much that'll come into play in near automata but the mere fact that they're uh flirting with those ideas already from this 15 minute demo i played is very nifty to me that is that is actually a big theme in the original game as well yeah the... Because there there are multiple part of part of this is like a, a Taro Yoko thing too, is that Taro Yoko is always be, being like, well, you've got to beat my game five times to get the real end. 
<laughs> you get the A ending, the B ending, the C ending, and then the D ending. And, uh, like, that actually sounds awful, like, the whole, like, replay this game a billion times. But it's always structured in a really unique way where you don't have to replay everything. You just replay key moments uh, building up to the end. And in the in the original Nier, you, you know, you go through what are sort of just, like, classic Zelda dungeons? You know, it's like you go into a place, you fight a bunch of monsters, there's a big monster at the end that you use some recently learned skill to defeat... And then when you go back and you do the B version, you play through the same fight, but it'll be like you witnessing the dialogue between the boss monster and its child that it's just like, yeah, we're just struggling to get by. Thank God we found this empty dungeon to live in. We're going to be cool. Everything's going to be fine. And then Uh-oh, the, who's the that? Hero, yeah, who's that? It's the hero. And he just destroys everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like, um, like you're saying, Anthony, this is a theme from the first year, but the idea that both sides think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, the nice thing is so the first year had this super unique story, but um, the gameplay maybe fell a little flat for people in terms of the the tightness of the controls and the responsiveness of combat but with platinum games in the mix uh it basically feels from what i remember just like metal gear rising and that game had great combat (laughs) like it was really fun running around jumping all over the place slashing up bad guys uh and the combo system is really intuitive like you just have a light attack and a heavy attack there are multiple sets of weapons you can switch between on the fly uh and then as in the first near where you had grimoire vice was like your your projectile cannon that was constantly at your side uh here you basically have the same thing but it's called a pod and it also lets you float around uh which can be used in combos which i saw and was amazed by cool uh, so it's looking real good. Uh, and <laughs> I was saying to Dave, Anthony, it does run at a uh, constant 60 FPS. I'm so oh, no. sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> no, for the action, see? it makes yeah. a lot of sense because it's just it looks so smooth. Um, I, I don't – I found that my big 60 frames per second problems come uh, in games that haven't been optimized to run at 60 frames per second. Things okay. like uh, like Resident Evil uh, 4 HD causes me some serious problems. But uh, I had no trouble at all with Bayonetta 2. And Bayonetta 2 runs at a rock-solid, uninterrupted 60 frames. I think uh, you're going to be golden here, then, yeah. because it's the same same deal. And I How's was surprised. Uh, I like the look a lot. I think <clears throat> a knock against the first game was that uh, the graphics were very drab. And I don't... So even though the textures are beautiful, I really love the character designs here. Um, They still have that muted color palette, which I think is really appropriate for the post-apocalypse. I don't know if people will love that color scheme, but to me, it's... I I like... It's like uh, people always rag on the first Gears of War for everything's brown and rusted uh but that kind of is what (laughs) the world would look like after you know crazy amounts of war and nuclear fallout so yeah i think it just fits 
it's also like the series aesthetic at this point you know? yeah like if if it was all of a sudden like well it's a vibrant fantasy land and it looks exactly like the original rayman that would be <laughs> an that odd would be choice. something all right <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I would, that's I would one play of the gameplay. I'm just, yeah. just putting that out there. I would play that. Yeah, but like, but like, you you can't like that's basically Bayonetta too, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's like, true. It's just like here, here's that, but like vivid and 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 wildly colored. Right. Uh, Near two is in uh, February, right, Lucas? I think uh, you know I have to double check that. I know it's early 2017. I think February uh, in Japan. February in Japan? Oh, damn. But I don't know if there was uh, localized voices when I did play it, so that's a good sign. Cool. Well, I mean, you know, we're all going to be so busy playing Persona 5 in February anyway. Shut up! Uh, Stop it! Look, look, look. As disappointed as I am, Uh. A, we're getting the Japanese uh, VO for Uh. free. And we've been waiting this long. It's like another six weeks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> hey, what if there's a switch port? Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Take Persona Five with you on the go. I might actually finish it. <laughs> so, so, so a couple of days ago, my my wife was like, "Oh, our daughter is going to turn one year old in in April." of 2017 she was like well let's go down and see my family in washington dc for 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 her first birthday and i like i was like i don't want to do anything in april 2017 she was like why persona 5 is coming out what what was that what'd you say (laughs) what'd you say little baby man (laughs) persona 5 is coming out i don't want to do anything else i want to play persona 5 all the time for the entire month of april i want to Persona. <laughs> nah. Nah. Uh, and and it, <laughs> did the hammer come down? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not playing any Persona 5 <laughs> April of 2017. That, that's not... I ain't that's, playing no Persona 5. That April Switch port comes out, though. She... Yeah, yeah. Um, take that yeah. Uh, Lucas, did they, did they let you play any of the... So, like, my one worry about this is that since Platinum was making it, I was worried that it was just going to be, like, a straight action game rather than feeling like an RPG where you're exploring a big world still. Did they... Was it just action in the demo, or did you actually, like, get to go to a town and... So, yeah, it was just action in the demo. I was picking up uh, a bunch of items, which I was told would be used for crafting in a town later on. Crafting. and they, <laughs> they did say it was open world. Um, the level I was in certainly wasn't. It was pretty much you're funneled uh, in one direction the whole time, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, they do say there's open world segments where, you know, if it can keep 60 frames with open world and those massive environments, uh, that'll be pretty pretty rad uh but it did retain the thing from near where the camera angle will shift and suddenly you're 2d platforming with the same combat or it's top down and then you're you're slicing up everything from an aerial view uh and i i I really like that and it still feels just as good because it's the exact same control scheme uh and fluidity of the fighting uh but no there was there was not like a huge dialogue section or turn-based battles or anything of that 
of that nature. Hmm. So I am. Uh, I, 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 I. This leads into our final topic of today. Uh, if you were listening to this today, you are a few days out from Thanksgiving. Uh, if you were listening to this this week, it's Thanksgiving week, and we are we are very grateful for things in the world of games. Uh, it's funny we should lead into this from talking about Nier. I'm just thankful that Nier 2 exists, man. <laughs> that first game is not the kind of thing that you would ever... It, that's true. Ever in a that's billion kinda, years. That's the through line of my preview. Like, how did the first one get made? And oh yeah, they're making a sequel. <laughs> yeah, like the first one, If you like, the, the director is such an interesting cat. But like you read a, a, an interview with him, and he's like, "Yes, I was very affected by 9/11 and the tragedy of 9/11." And I thought to myself, "What if I could make a game where the player felt horrible for hurting others?" <laughs> like, no, which is amazing. Like, which is yeah, we need that, more of that. That rules. But why would Square Enix be like, "Yeah, here's a uh, yeah, here's a million dollars." <laughs> Go make that. <laughs> go make go make that. Because that's an make... excellent business decision. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> right, that sounds like a great way to make money. Go make that. <laughs> um, I'm really grateful for that. Uh, I am also. I I swear to God, Susan, this is the last time I bring up Dragon Quest Seven on the podcast. Oh Jesus! It's the last time. It's the last time. I beat it yesterday. I finished Dragon Quest Seven for 3DS. I'm so grateful that Dragon Quest games are being localized again, and we get to play them here in the West. And uh, everybody, this week, as the Black Friday deals roll in, these the, the Dragon Quest games of this fall are going to be very cheap. Dragon Quest Builders, Dragon Quest Seven is already on sale on Amazon. I encourage you to tre- check these things out. Uh, but that is that is mine. Susan, what are you, what are you grateful for in the, the world of gaming? Uh, first of all, I just want to pitch this as thankful because of the whole Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. Thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. This is going to sound a little counterintuitive. Hear me out. (laughs) I am thankful for Twitter. (laughs) Bold. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I know. I know. But, I mean, there's a lot to hate about Twitter. Trust me. Trust me. (laughs) I am aware that there's a lot to hate about Twitter. But within the gaming community, most the thing I remember, most of the gaming community is really great. They're just perfectly normal, lovely people for whom gaming is something important. And I get to talk to those folks and interact with those folks. And we share Dishonored clips and talk about like, hey, did you find this thing in Dragon Quest Builders? And see, something that is maybe harder to understand for younger uh, members of the audience, by which I mean anybody younger than me, um, <laughs> there was no internet mm. when I was growing up. So the only people I knew were the ones in my immediate vicinity and like school. So this idea that there are people out there who like the same stuff I do and want to have a conversation is still kind of relatively new for me because I spent half my life being told I'm weird. Mm. 
Like, what is, like, what? Why do you, that's what you do with your free time? So to be able just to have these really cool conversations with people and like, well, I played this game. Do you like that one? Well, I, mm, here's the problem I have with it. And just the same way people talk about, you know, sports teams or, or their kids or whatever is really super meaningful to me. And that I am extremely thankful to have that opportunity, to have the ability to talk to people who are are into this just as much as I am and are as relatively normal as I am. And, you know, just <laughs> yeah. like, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's It's awesome. that sensation of finding your tribe. Exactly. Exactly. I dig it. I dig that. That's, that is, yeah, that is the good thing about Twitter. Yes. Uh, Dave Roberts, what are you I'm, thankful for, man? You I'm, thankful for your PS4 Pro uh, and all its P's? And all, all of its <laughs> extra all the P's. for all those extra P's all, I'm, I'm, all of its placebo effects. Those dragon P's. Uh, oh! Jeez. Uh, no, I'm thankful for weird games. I'm thankful mm. that we can live at, in a time when people can like like we were just talking about near autom- automata a game by a publisher who in recent years can only be seen as kind of cold and calculating at times <laughs> and that they're just giving this guy a carte blanche to make this weird ass thing or you know like a game like octodad can exist and mm-hmm. like games like uh, like uh, I wrote about wheels of aurelia which is a narrative themed racing game set in 1970s Italy like like you do yeah like just that the gaming is is this really diverse place where so many different experiences can be uh, can be worked on and shared along with the sort of the the big budget tentpole guaranteed to make money and appeal to the most amount of people uh, sort of blockbusters and that seeing more blockbusters take chances and get weird and use video games and their inherent weirdness to to make really interesting stuff like i i love that and i love seeing that and i want to see more of it and i'm thankful that i get to share that with my family my whole family loves octodad like it's just it is how do you not it's like it's the dumbest thing but it's it's a five hour long single joke and it works (laughs) um but yeah i want more so thank you, weirdos. Keep making. <laughs> Lucas? Uh, I have a really boring one, but I'm thankful for cloud saves because... Oh, God, yes! I love just not having to worry about retaining something on any of my hard drives, no matter the platform. Uh, and <laughs> being able to just, like, pluck where you were out of the out of the ether is... Uh, it's a godsend. <laughs> Dude, that's a great one. That's it's not boring at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 man, being able being able to cross save for games too. Like if you've been playing something on a PlayStation 4 and then you go to Vita and it's just like, "Boop, there it is." Dude, that's magic. I'm not even convinced that that's technology. I think that there's just magic involved in that. Is yeah. transferring involved? <laughs> oh god. Do you remember that transferring? Oh my god, they actually tried to make that work. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Tran- transforming for life. So bad. Oh my god. 
somebody was in a meeting with a PowerPoint presentation to go like, all right, this is what we're going to call this now, and people are going to call it that, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, what's, what's Hideo Kojima working on? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, heavens, no. Oh, we have to do this, don't we? Okay. Okay. Transferring it is, Kojima. <laughs> It's like sure. it's kind of cool that like Nintendo has found a way to skip the need for cross save. I've wanted there to be like cr- mm. like cross save in in something like Zelda. Like I wish I could play Link Between Worlds, but like on my TV as mm. well as on my 3DS. And now like Switch is just like you know you need that cross save, dog. You just, just I am. The we cross. solved the network I... problem by not having it at all. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I mean, come on. There'll be all kinds of new network problems. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And we're still not. Excited? We're not going to be able to play together unless we're in the same room. I mean, oh, let's yeah. just accept that. Exchange yes, your absolutely. thirty-eight-digit friend codes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> People ask me like, "Oh, what's your Nintendo ID?" I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I... In order to make a safe environment for Nintendo Switch players, you have to take half of your detachable Switch controller. Send that half to your friend, and then they have to send you their controller. Then you have to make sure that there's a fingerprint identification. Both of you need to spit into the microphones of your switches. Simultaneously. Take the switch down into the concrete bunker, which is about a mile underground. And then it'll all be fine. Please understand. and then within one day, somebody will still draw Splatoon porn, and everybody will be like, no, <laughs> didn't work. Gross. <laughs> Internet. We have to shut down it. Swap Note. Okay, again. all right. Look, okay, look, look. I am not by any means defending the penis people. I'm not. <laughs> but, but, when you make a game and you put the tentacles right in there it's just gonna happen you know i kind of feel like maybe you're asking for it <laughs> you're a squid now <laughs> you were a kid now you're a squid so here's your penis there you go yeah I, like like did nobody did nobody on staff at nintendo when they were coming up with splatoon be like this is going to be a concern <laughs> Oh well, I'm like it's the internet. It could it, it could be about toast, it could, and yeah, there's going to be penis it, involved. I yeah, mean, like, <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto made Star Fox uh, Zero, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> wait, what's wrong? Wait, no, just like like the, the there was no concern at Nintendo for like what are you talking about Tanaka? Like they they have no concept of the outside <laughs> world or how it works or what people. Oh, enjoy. you mean because all the furry stuff? Well, or just because Star Fox Zero was bad. Oh, that. Okay. There's like a whole thing with like uh, Star Fox. Yeah, Star Fox Adventures. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm. Crystal. Mm. I'm not. I'm like you know what? No judgments for me. But they had. There's no way that they didn't see that. They had to know, right? They had to know. They had to know. <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I just woke up from this nap, and uh, I'm gonna make a new Donkey Kong game. How did we On get that here? note, everybody. How did we, we get will, here? You know, we, we, we Have got, you met us? Yeah. Come on. It, it always ends here. It ends yeah. here every single time. Uh, and it always goes back to pocket ham, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Inevitably, it all comes back, back to pocket ham. Uh, uh, 
we will be back in a week, everyone. We will we will be back and we will be talking about a game that is real called Final Fantasy Fifteen. When we return. Oh, 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 I just, oh, I'm so excited. I just can't wait. I just can't wait to talk <laughs> never, about all that hair, that fashionable ass hair. I've never heard of it. What is Whoa. this game? <laughs> Whoa. You just said fashionable ass hair. Yeah. Well, no, it's, I'm Finally using ass as a modifier. Braided. It's, like <laughs> a, it's like a rat tail. The hyphen is <laughs> like a real rat tail. No! <laughs> oh, God. Damn it. Uh, yes, yes. We will be back next week with Final Fantasy XV, uh, all the Final Fantasy XV talk. Uh, until then, everybody, enjoy your Thanksgivings or your Black Fridays or whatever you're doing in life to, to make yourself happy. We will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Goodbye. Asshead. <laughs> of course. That has to be the... That has to be <laughs> The stinger. <laughs>